Potential podcast listeners, welcome to This Is The Way, Chapter 2. Um, we had to get in here and discuss The Mandalorian Season 2, which wrapped. Uh, the last episode came out last week, so we had to get in here and talk about it because there's so much to talk about. We've been patiently waiting until all the episodes are out to talk about the show. So before we get into, into territory here, this is a spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. There it is. There it is. Um, if you've not watched the full season don't listen to this come back and listen to it later joining me of course is my co-host taylor sokol i'm chris Stewart, and we're joined by our star wars fanatic and potential podcast fan we have tim fitzsimons back with us for this talk which is very exciting how you doing tim i'm doing well chris and taylor how are you boys doing uh, we're good man it's we're good we when we uh, set out to talk about this of course this is going to be just a normal pick and then Tim and I were talking, Chris and Tim were talking, all three of us were talking, and we knew that this is going to be something more. And so we we're glad to have you back this because uh, anytime we do talk Star Wars, we got to have you on. So we're happy to have oh, you back. I'm so happy to be back. I mean, there's so much to digest from the last eight weeks. It's visceral. It's just, ah, it's so good. And I'm, I, I, I lo- I'm the last couple of weeks, especially like I've been talking with other friends and and like you know doing the whole theorizing thing which i have to say i haven't done in a while and so now and i'm getting back into it i'm just like remembering how much fun i have theorizing and like just trying to like piece things together um and so i it was like i had i had sent taylor a meme of some star wars thing and i was like you know if you ever if you do a mando recap review let me know and of course uh, your answer with your your prayers were answered no you're right and i think there hasn't been, I think, for me at least, since Game of Thrones, there hasn't been a show that I've gotten so hyped about to figure out what's next until this season one. For yes, sure. but then this this last season, whoa! So, oh, uh, absolutely. But I think Chris was saying this. I think we should kind of start off. Uh, this is not going to be a total recap. We're not going to go through episode by episode. I think we're going to talk about really overall feelings. But yeah, um, we're going to go. Well, we're going to go through them, and we'll talk about the highlights of each episode, and then we'll definitely talk about the the big reveals, which. Mostly came in the second half of the season, as naturally it would. But um, by the way, before we get into this, uh, Merry Christmas. This is our Christmas uh, episode drop. So uh, Yes, it is. A little bit Merry of Star Wars under the, under the tree. So if you're opening presents, you should be listening to our voices right now. A little, uh, <laughs> little mandolin. Happy Life Day, everybody. Happy Life is. Day. Yes, from Chewie's family to you all. <laughs> and of course, Tim and I are very scruffy. So we look very much like uh, Wookiees. And Chris is our Han Solo. <laughs> Well, thank you. Uh, all right, so before we get into season two here, uh, quickly, what, what what were your thoughts? You know, we had, as with all shows, you know, a season ends, and then you have the months and months till the second season comes out. So this show premiered. It was the Disney Plus premiere show. came out in November of 2019. So it would have wrapped up around the same time as it is now. So we had to wait a good, you know, about 11 months till the next season. What were your guys' thoughts when that season ended? How did that show, you know, what did it do for you? And what were your expectations waiting for season two? I'll start with uh, Tim. Um, well, that show just was phenomenal. I mean, the, the first season, the way that they crafted the story and built it up. And I mean, obviously, 
Baby Yoda, Grogu, as we now know him, um, just stole all of our hearts during that time. But the relationship that grew between Mando and Baby Yoda, as Taylor strokes the head of his own Baby Yoda. Um, not a euphemism, podcast. that's natural. No one can see this, so anyway, continue. <laughs> it was not a euphemism, I promise. It it's really a all. Baby Yoda. It's a Christmas gift. <laughs> um, but they built this story up and it's you know just starting off like really small it's just the two of them until he gets until the last moment when the um armorer tells him you need to reunite him with his kind this is your new task and that coupled with you know them escaping um after gideon had them you know almost dead to rights um and then that last moment with the dark saber was just like oh what what is going to happen so my expectations for season two really came down to just like how did Gideon get the black saber the dark saber um and what how are we going to incorporate all like all these cam all these cameos and all these people because my expectations kept getting risen when they were when they announced Timura Morrison and you know not saying who he was going to play and Rosario Dawson and you know in like these big names and um Katie Sackoff and it's like I mean you knew who they were going to play but just they kept adding them in it's like okay so then how how are they going to cr- add those characters in how are they going to add Ahsoka into the story add Bo-Katan add um as we found out Boba Fett because there was you know the there there was the debate of whether it was Boba Fett or Captain Rex at some point later mm-hmm. after the rebellion so they were high expectations were high and oh they were exceeded exceeded taylor well first of all uh tim are you have did you watch all the animated shows did you watch like clone wars are you kind of yes. all caught up with okay yeah. so yeah i i'm not i just started into that i know chris hasn't delved into that so for you especially yeah shame on you especially for <laughs> you, you had a lot more backstory going in this so this season definitely was the ultimate like star wars fan from like the the lore to the movies yeah. the animated series so that's why that's why i was like for those people you know that's exciting which I, i'm glad to go back into that for me for sure i reverberated a lot of you know and referred a lot what you said i was the same thing for me as a maybe a, a true star wars fan knowing the movies reading a little bit of the expanded universe i didn't know like i've heard of the dark saber didn't know about that so i was like oh this is kind of interesting so it's kind of intriguing for me like you know, what is this? And I was really blown away from the first season when they had all these great, uh, you know, big names like, oh, this this actress, actress is going to be in here and there. And then, of course, on top of who you said, but I knew Tim the Oliphant, uh, Michael Bean, you know, a lot of big names are coming for this. I was like, OK, you know, where is this going to go next? Because I thought that I liked the premise because I thought Star Wars from the very beginning, if you think of like episode one, um, or not episode one, uh, sorry, A New Hope, the original Star Wars. It is a really a kind of a space opera or a Western set in space. So it had those undertones, like this This is prime for that. This one took it to the next level. The people, you know, John Favreau, Dave Filoni, they had this amazing vision and they. it wasn't just someone who loved Star Wars. They love Star Wars, but they, they knew what Star Wars is, but what it can be or could be and what it is. So I was excited to see what was going to happen next and I thought, you know, okay, you've got these amazing, this amazing world building, you know, how far can you go 
within the confines of the movies because there is a lot of time in between there is but there's now a time for movies set outside the skywalker saga which i was very excited about and out of you chris yeah i would say uh definitely what draw what drew me to this first and foremost was that it was going to be about a bounty hunter and as much as i do love boba fett uh he was shortchanged in the original trilogy because he got hit and we thought killed very easily in return of the jedi and then we got a little bit more with Django Fett, but then he got beheaded. And so it was just like, we have these the bounty Fetts hunters. The didn't have that, a good track record. They didn't have a, yeah, they <laughs> no. were, you know, for being these top-notch guys, they were a little uh, lackluster in their job. So this is exciting <laughs> that, like, the first trailer was that shot where we see Mando, like, getting the guy with, like, his, like, string thing, pulling through and the door closing on him and, like, killing the guy. And I was like, oh, this is going to be awesome. And they kept to that the entire season. There's a lot of times where it had to be Mando kind of getting beat up to get back up again and win the fight because it's really just him most of the time until some friends join him. But I love that it was a lot more of that action for the bounty hunters, especially that one episode where we had like eight to 10 bounty hunters flying in a jetpacks to save them. And I was like, this is what we've been wanting. You know, I remember like playing the uh, Shadow of the Empire game on like N64, getting <laughs> yeah. a jetpack and being like, that's the coolest thing. And it's, we never really got a huge part of that in the main movies. We had like hints and a bit of it. This has really expanded that. And then yes, the relationship between Mando and Grogu is just so adorable. And the fact that he is this little force user was like, just so cute, but it has left this huge mystery of, well, we know about Yoda. We don't really know much about his species. And now it kind of comes into question of like, where does this character fit in the timeline of the sequel trilogy, because remember he's like 50 as a baby. So he'd well be living through the sequel trilogy. Um, he'd still probably yeah. be a baby really. So I had a lot of questions about that and I had no clue. There was even a thing called a dark saber. Should have thought about that because why would they call it a lightsaber? Yet there wasn't a dark saber. So that was definitely cool <laughs> to be like, Oh, there's a dark saber. So I definitely was excited to see where they were going to take it. And especially knowing that the whole goal was to find a Jedi, which Jedi they would be looking for. Mm -hmm. So we finally got on October 30th, just before Halloween, we got season two to start. So um, let's jump in here. I'm going to kind of combine the first two episodes because they weren't really plot based for what the rest of the season was. But they were definitely really cool creature flicks. That was what they called them. They were world building. It was world, world it was building, extra world building for mm-hmm. us, the viewer. Yeah, well, especially for some of the some of the original fans and some of the 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 fans that like like Tim right here. I'd say he was the he's the best of both Chris and I. He's he's got a little bit more of the lore, especially with like the animated series. What I also like the fact is these all these episodes, honestly, were all action packed. Where I felt yeah. like in this first season, there was a lot of maybe more slow moments, which it's not bad, but I wanted more like, I wanted stuff to keep me going. And these ones, like, boom, boom, boom. It was like action, well, Especially because they're, they're episodic, right? So they're, they're meant to be kind of like what George Lucas had originally envisioned Star Wars, that kind of Flash Gordon vibe. So this, mm-hmm. they are like individual little films but then of course the plot continues once we get to really like episode three and four then we're kind of snowball but these first two episodes we had the marshal and we had the passenger uh first one directed by john favreau and then peyton reed 
And definitely the highlight of both these, I mean, Timothy Oliphant, who is a great actor. And of course, he would play a marshal because he, he, he's perfect me. as a marshal. Who else yeah. are you going to cast and to I'll, always play him? <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. Also to point out that John Favreau wrote both of these, wrote mm-hmm. both of these episodes. Yes, he did. Um, and I, now I have to be completely honest here. I don't know Timothy Oliphant all that well. I haven't mm. seen a lot of his stuff. Like I um, was it Justified is the yeah. big show. Justified and also Deadwood. Deadwood, yeah. Both of those shows have been things that like, oh, I've heard about them. I've heard good things and I'm interested, but they've been on my watch list for years and I've never gotten to sit down to watch it. So this was my introduction to him and he was phenomenal and the perfect choice for this kind of a character. Um, and just played it beautifully all the way through um especially being that you know it's a it's a very standard um plot line you know oh, yeah. small town being attacked by bandits um and, and gotta a, go take out the bandit, giant yeah. monster yeah. yeah and so then they have to put aside their differences work together to defeat the monster and save the town um but even so it's like with timothy oliphant there like he added just this western vibe that like we really like i i know that the, th- the two of you are probably big firefly fans as well we look because it's like that space western and it mm-hmm. brought that idea in and it oliphant was just phenomenal especially where it's you know it was set you know right there it was tattooing right if yeah yes just, I think, yeah seeing all the sand it just really had this background of like it reminded me of the western movies because usually they're out in the desert it's a desert town and mm-hmm. It was that fun little uh, thrill to be that they're taking down this giant crate dragon that that automatically I was like, oh, we got a little more money this season, didn't we? Um, <laughs> well, and also the fact great, that we could see what a crate dragon was, you know, I mean, yeah, we've, we've never seen, we never got to see it. that on, on film. Yeah. 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 And we've um, heard the weird noises. <laughs> I do want to point out that before uh, I did like in the very beginning, we had that, that opening scene. Funny enough, it was John Leguizamo who played like that alien guy that like yeah. was like the dealer at the fight. I just love that shot. It was the visual. This is one of the things you know John does really well. It was that visual when the guy was like, "You're not gonna kill me, right?" And he's like, "No, but they are." And when Mando <laughs> shot the light out, and it was just like the Snow White. It reminded me of Snow White in the woods. All the like eyeballs of like the oh, alien yeah. dogs <laughs> or whoever they were about to like pounce, and then it was like dun dun, and I was like. Oh, we're in for a good time. Um, oh yeah, Absolutely. and the visuals, yeah that that dragon, wow, it was uh, very exciting to watch. It was one of the longer episodes of the mm-hmm. season. I um, got some, I got some really good tremor vibes from that. Yeah, <laughs> the sandworms, which I love it. And we went from yeah. that, which of course the big uh, reveal was, well, that's Boba Fett's armor. So how and how'd you get it? Oh, he got it from some Jawas, which meant that Boba Fett came out or we you know they do kind of discuss that the crate dragon might have eaten the sarlacc and that's where it was living it was like you know next sarlacc pit um or at least eat has or at least eat ate a sarlacc whether it was yeah. the one the from one Return of the Jedi. Yeah. yeah could be but exciting when we did get to see uh boba out on the sand dunes kind of mm-hmm. looking all mysterious and that was a, a good little tease to be like remember that later <laughs> yeah yeah he's gonna come and, in bef- and before we switch over to uh talk about the, uh, the episode uh chapter 10 also just like for what timothy oliphant's uh the marshal's speeder was 
the speeder bike was a pod racing engine, mm-hmm. which looked very similar to Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> Little Annie, <laughs> why? Smart <laughs> choice goes pretty fast. Um, yeah, and it and it's just like yeah. You know, like Mando's on his chopper style, and this guy has just a giant jet engine next to him. He goes, yeah, what of it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it was yeah, just Timothy's. He's always had he's had that charm about him. You know, he's a good looking guy. Mm-hmm. He's tall, and he does yeah a lot of his work. If he's not dabbling in the comedic, I mean, that's why he was so great in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because he was that prototype for like that kind of show, which is why Quentin hired him, which is why he fits so well into that, that Western, you know, role. Mm-hmm. Moving on to the passenger. Um, one, one line comes to mind thinking of the passenger. Can we panic now? <laughs> this, this, this reminded me of a lot of Harry Potter uh, and the Chamber yes. of Secrets. Yes, um, sir. This, this is a, a lot of this good was inspiration. This, this is the this was the like monster movie. Uh, a lot of people, but you know what was so funny about this episode? We've seen moments where Grogu, as we'll find out in a few episodes, loves to snack. I mean, he loves, he's a little snacker. He loves to eat. Well, he loves to he loves to snack in this episode. <laughs> oh yeah, yes he does. Maybe uh maybe to a genocidal point. Um, but like we that, meet this like yeah frog Antartar. lady. Frog, frog lady that uh, <laughs> <laughs> the poor frog lady had like if she was a real mother she would have counted those eggs she would have known something's up yeah it's, uh he, he's just he likes the finer things he loves that caviar i'm telling you oh, he's got he's, expensive he's got taste. A particular taste but yes <laughs> man has to any uh, kind of eggs <laughs> take this frog lady with him who has a little jar of her eggs and she has to get to this certain planet um and so mando's like sure i'll, I'll give you passage but then, of course, uh, something happens, and uh, their ship is just having trouble, and they uh, they crash land on a nice planet, beautifully shot coming into it. Oh yeah, it looked, mm-hmm. I love that shot of them coming into For, it. Forced down onto the planet by New Republic uh, mm-hmm. X wing. X wing, which was interesting because now you're thinking, oh, is he? Is he under arrest? Like, is he is he going which, against which their is law? great because we're seeing a little the other side of the New Republic because of course we follow the you know the the Republic and the Rebels and we're like big fans but we're seeing the other side where you yeah. know it's just like yeah. these guys are jerks. <laughs> <laughs> Damn X wing Luke Skywalker. Yeah. What a but I did I did love the visual that you know they crash land and now it's like all right great we now got to figure out how to get out of here and frog lady goes finds goes from the spa yeah she goes, goes um, yeah she's got a spa yeah, day why not got a hot tub but um i love the visual of no, seeing just surrounded by eggs grogu yeah seeing all the eggs <laughs> spider eggs and it was very alien it oh, reminded no. me of alien and then of course he eats one which i thought was just hilarious i mean every time he eats he's just so funny yeah and then it turned into a nightmare scene um, oh my god i I had to sit through this episode three times. Oh wow! Because I watched, because I watched it by myself, and then my cousin wanted to watch it, so I watched it with him, and then my parents wanted to watch it too, and I'm like, okay, I'll sit through it again, I guess. It just, uh, it creeped me out. That whole last sequence. It was great though. Out. It was it was a lot of fun so for good. the the thrill, and it kind of it, I kind of harkened back to some of those Star Wars has always had 
really unique creatures and monsters. Yeah. So this was definitely like, oh, it's like an ice spider, but it has a weird ass mouth with all this, you know, yeah. tentacles. And it was just definitely creepy. And, you know, giving giving our, our hero a lot to, you know, handle, I think is always great because he, he is kind of in this armor that's, you know, basically, you know, he nothing can really hurt him, but he's got his little... <laughs> child there to take care of and now this frog lady as yeah, well frog lady who's yeah. putting on her pants to, to run after like get <laughs> mm-hmm. out of the tub it was like, it had to be the uh but it, it was so many good vibes of like you said like harry potter alien a little bit of remember the you guys see the live action of lost in space the the movie yeah so there was yeah. all those i was getting like really good inspirations from all those mm-hmm. but yeah that was that definitely had that edgier seat action that we were like mm-hmm. oh yeah we're we're craving like very few of that in any of the Star Wars films. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, moving on to Harris here, uh, Bryce Dallas Howard's back to direct. She did a great job in season one. Um, I remember the first the first. This is one of those. There's few moments in the show where I would get like a kind of like a <gasps> moment, but yeah. that moment when <laughs> the alien guys knocked Grogu's like baby pod? thing oh. into the pot into the water and the oh, thing God. like swallowed it i was like i was no! like yeah. i was like no <laughs> no absolutely terrifying Whoa. naturally you're like they're not gonna kill this little thing but it was the way it was shot it was so quick and it was like straight mm-hmm. to oh my gosh but so cool to see um we got introduced to these other mandalorians or bounty hunters and um yep. we get good old Bo-Katan, we have, yeah, Katie Sackhoff's here, um, which is, which is really exciting. cool, you know. For those of you who don't yeah. really know, she's done a lot of sci-fi work, so you should and, know the name. And the fact that, of course, Tim will, you'll, you'll know this because I haven't mm-hmm. got to that point, but she actually, in the animated uh, Clone Wars, she voices the character, so she's playing the live-action version of the character she voiced in the cartoon. In both Clone Wars and Rebels, That's she's right. the voice of Bo-Katan Kreese. Um, so it was one of, that was one of those when she, she was announced, everybody was like, it's Bo-Katan. There's no, no other choice, especially when you look at the design of Bo-Katan in Clone Wars and then in Rebels, it looked, they look, they based it, they must've based it off of Katie Sackhoff knowing that they were getting her to do the voice. Mm. That's pretty cool because I mean, she, you know, she has had such a history with, uh, science fiction. So I'm sure, you know, again, I'm not, uh, I've not got into all the animated shows, but um, she definitely has that stern kind of strength to her, um, which is always great. It's always great when we get to see, again, strong female characters. And we had quite a bit in this show. Yeah, Mandalorian Um, excels in that, I would say. Absolutely. And Bogotan has two Mandalorians with her, one of whom um, is, I think, Casca, I think is her name. Um, played by a WWE star, similar to how Cara Dune, who played by Gina Carano, also uh, was a WWE star. Yeah. And so, the, and they're able to utilize, you know, later in the season, uh, Gina's, but in this one, this particular actress, able to utilize her skills at combat and really sh- to really show what the Mandalorians can do not just with their blasters. And you bring up a really good point that the choreography of the fight scenes in this show alone uh, just are completely um, just 
fantastically well done and they blow mm -hmm. whatever the movie's done out of the water. And I think that's Absolutely. That, it really just the sets new it movies, the old movies hold up uh, the prequels. <laughs> but I do love when they would have their jetpack go off into like a kick was always like really cool. Like, yeah, jet, like boom. Um, but this mm -hmm. was fun. It had um, I, I was joking with Taylor, uh, the officer that was in this episode. I, I he's yep. this monster from Lost. That's all I. <laughs> and he's my detective from Bosch, man. Um, Titus Welliver, but, man. He's a, but yeah, he was great. He's, and, yeah. He's in other stuff too that he just like, pops up everywhere. Another one of these one-offs, which I think is always what's kind of great about the show is that they don't just because they get a big name, they don't really necessarily need to overuse it. I think that's kind of right. great. There's some characters that just come on for one episode. Um, but I did love that they had this little bit where, you know, in the moment of uh, almost near death for this character, Moff Gideon was like, blow up the plane. He was like, you know, crash the ship. And it just shows how the, you know, Empire first. I thought this is, this is the first time we're getting, you know, yeah, we're getting these little hints about how hardcore this group of survivors of the Empire are. Mm -hmm. um, but the big uh, reveal, of course, was you need to go find a Jedi and you can go find her on this planet. So now it's like, oh, off to another planet. Okay. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> um, but before that would happen, um, surprisingly the only episode with carl weathers in it uh the fourth one which he uh, or episode 12 i should say which he directed the siege which was pretty cool i thought um that he directed it chapter uh, 12 this was cool because it was good to have like the old gang back you know we had cardoon mm -hmm. and grief cargo back but really fun with the element of oh i didn't i didn't realize in season one the like water alien guy is yeah uh, is the guy from SNL. Um, what's his name? Horatio Sands. Horatio Sands. I was oh, like, really? wow. I was like, good for him. <laughs> <laughs> Great little character work there, which he was cracking me up in that episode. But I love sure. this whole bit about uh, when little Grogu was put into school for the day. <laughs> the cookies. Oh, and he's macarons. like looking at the kid like, and the kid's like, no. And then he used the... <laughs> Imagine how many, how much oh. more food you could get if you use the force to get your snacks. Oh my god, I'd be so fat. <laughs> True, I'd eat too much. Use the force into my mouth, and mm, good. Not have to use my. Yeah. They looked like no, they also looked like they looked like macaroons. So I was like, again, yeah. high taste. Grogu's and, got the high taste. <laughs> no, and then to just have the audacity that when um, they get back into the Razor Crest. And they're and they're you know he's doing all these different maneuvers, and then they show Grogu spit up the cookies. Yep. Yes, he was, he was like with the little throb. Yes, <laughs> and it's all oh. blue. Oh, yeah. and also just the the cold open of this episode with um, the Mando battery. and with with Grogu in like the wires the with the wires, like yeah. in the little crawl <laughs> he's space. Trying to he's help. like okay, comedy so, gold. The blue, the, the blue one, but the blue one where the red one went, and the red one where the blue one went. But whatever you do, don't touch them together. <laughs> and baby, uh, so cute. Inserting these little moments of comedy that fit perfectly. That it's not like it's just like you've seen every parent with a toddler trying to do this, <laughs> trying to do like, can you do, do, do? No, no, not that. No. So not just see it. yeah. Yeah, so everyone, cute. 
any every any uncle, aunt, mom, dad, grandparent can relate, and it makes mm-hmm. it just a wonderful, wholesome moment. Now the the big reveal in this episode was very exciting for a lot of fans because when we you know, talking about the sequel trilogy, um, there's still a lot of questions that remain about how we really got from episode eight to episode nine. Um, mm-hmm. especially with cloning or with, you know, how did Palpatine really survive? There's a lot of questions that weren't really answered. Um, yeah. But this one's kind of cool. It, it did not, it was not a direct, like, this is what happened, but it's been giving us enough to think, like, this is what could have led to it. They have to go to this big uh, kind of, like, uh, old empire base that ends up actually, it's it's uh, still running laboratory. Mm-hmm. And, um and they find some kind of creepy clone-looking uh, tanks. Um, it was enough of a darkness that they didn't have anything specific. Like it wasn't Snoke. Like I it was okay little, enough. Yeah, it was. A, it would have been a little too much on the head if it was like an early Snoke. But it was kind of like giving us like all of a sudden Abrams pops over. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> well, this idea that they're looking, you know, they've been Lensler, testing Lensler. cloning with someone that is a Force user. Like they, you know. We had to get the blood from the child, who of course has midichlorians up the wazoo, and mm-hmm. this is maybe helping us recreate, reanimate life. That was very a big like, ooh, that could be why they want him, and maybe this is what leads to a Snoke or even keeping Palpatine alive. We don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but right. I thought that was very interesting to kind of get a little more of that mystery of what has the Empire and the remnants of the Empire been up to. Yeah. Um, so that was definitely very cool. Well, we come to the episode as probably one of the best episodes of the whole season. Uh, one that Agreed. we were waiting for for a long time, mainly because it's just great to have a Jedi back. And we finally found out Grogu's name in this. So this is the Jedi. Dave Filoni directed this. Uh, Written also by Dave Filoni. By Dave Filoni. Uh, yeah, Michael Bean in this, which is really cool for those fans. Again, having like a Timothy Oliphant, having Michael Bean in this, you know, Tombstone. I mean, one of the all-time great westerns. So mm-hmm. him being this kind of stoic general guard for this. Well, also, uh, I mean, he's, he gets aliens and Terminator to Terminator, his credits. Yeah. Like, come I on. Mean, I mean, you know, he is a sci- the one of the sci-fi masters as well. So, uh, well, he, great to see him in this. Um, but yeah, this is cool. We had this is Rosario Dawson's uh, episode for the season, Ahsoka. Uh, Tim, you know, as a longtime fan of Clone Wars and Rebels, where mm-hmm. she's a heavily featured character, there was this big debate about why aren't they using the voice actress and they've cast Rosario Dawson instead. Uh, for not knowing that material, I thought she looked great, I thought she acted great, I thought she was great for the part. Where, where were your thoughts on that? Um, I thought she was a perfect choice, and it's something that I mean, she's been in my head as a casting choice for a couple of years now because I think Kevin mm-hmm. Smith at one point on you know was you know pontificating about how amazing it would be to have a have Ahsoka enter the live action because of how much he loves the Clone Wars, and his he's been adamant since the get go that Rosario Dawson, Rosario Dawson, she's the only clear choice, um, and I thought that she was a perfect choice. Um, because, you know, at least at the time that they first introduced Ahsoka in 2008 with the Clone Wars movie, I don't know if either of you remember Mm -hmm. that one, Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) you know, she, 
wasn't a very popular character in that moment. And then the Clone Wars TV show like grew her to popularity. Well, with how with her being an alien and that out um in that character design, I've looked at I've seen Ashley Eckstein's pictures and I mean they look kind of alike, but not enough. And I don't know how um experienced Ashley Eckstein is on camera versus being a voice actress. I know she's done been doing voice acting for a very long time. Um, and I just, just be clueless and she could be a brilliant actress, but I think that Rosario Dawson brought a maturity, a, you know, just a wise, a wiseness to the Ahsoka that we meet at this point in time. Um, because, you know, Ashley Eckstein was the voice of Ahsoka in the Clone Wars era. And then in the years leading up to the, um, the battle over Yavin. And the mm-hmm. destruction of the first Death Star and the uh, and the rebellion, you know, forming. So, you know, ten years later, when the events of Mandalorian is happening, I thought that having Rosario Dawson, you know, just brought was able to get that maturity of Ahsoka where she would be at that point in this storyline. Um, and on top of that, she was just brilliant in all of her flight choreography. I mean, oh I just, man, she was. She looked, she looked, per, she had the look down. She had also the, she studied hard because she had the little smirks, the little things that Ahsoka would do in the show. Okay. She would, she was, she was doing them like, and you could pick, pick and choose um, like where she was coming from, like where these little things were coming from. And that's partially because Dave Filoni, she's Dave, Dave Filoni, Filoni baby saying, for, yeah. Know, yeah. for lack of a better term. I mean, he created her and just nurtured her through the Clone Wars series. It's like talking about um, Bruce Tim and um, Paul Dino, the guys who created the Batman animated series and their creation of Harley Quinn. It's and how she became a huge part of the Batman and Joker mythos um, in the same way Dave Filoni did that with Ahsoka Tano for the last 10 years, 12 years. Wow. And just it was, it was, I, I, I was gushing as soon as, and the fact that they just started with her, just like, okay, uh-huh. we're not going to wait till the end. Just like, boom, there she is with her white lightsabers. I, I was in heaven. That whole opening scene was really, really cool because it was, it's all very dark and foggy and she's mm-hmm. kind of like ghost-like in that she keeps yeah, it's like kind of showing up. And then like, it kind of reminded me a bit of um the lady, of the lake thing. When we talk about avatar, the last airbender, when Katara yeah. does that, that's what it was like. She kept showing mm-hmm. up and then disappearing. The ghost and, is Ahsoka. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. But the the, the and, two lightsabers were were awesome. Um, yeah, that was, it really popped on screen too with the the white and yeah. I thought the the way they designed her look, the makeup, mm-hmm. it, it looked very realistic for her to be this real life uh, person. And it was kind of neat to have a uh, a whole different vibe than uh, Mando. Mando yeah. is his own kind of you know energy. She was a very different energy, even though they probably well could be similar age who knows but um it was fun that we had this it was kind of one of those episodes with like a all right there's a problem person in here but mando's just coming to like find a jedi doesn't know that the jedi is not welcome in this town because such and such and so then he's going off to hunt her but really he's doing it to find information again like really good really this this definitely again showed the western Mm -hmm. you know a cowboy kind of vibe 
that this was going for and all and the, even i would say a little samurai vibe it was giving me a little bit you know I mean, over the, the castle well what is what, as we talked what are westerns uh, you know and samurai is very similar you know the mm-hmm. story you know yep ronins and everything but of course we get some great exposition uh finally learning what uh, baby yoda's name was he's not Yo- baby yoda he's grogu which i thought oh, it fit, fit really well which so i was cute and i love whenever he'd be like she'd say say his name grogu i know I don't... And go <laughs> grogu and he'd go ah <laughs> Yeah, just just, <laughs> and then like in the so later cute. episodes, in the later episode when he's like, I think it's the next one where it just starts off with him just going, in the ship as they're flying, just Grogu, yeah, and he chuckles at himself <laughs> yeah. and says it again, yes, and then he and Grogu does it again and he chuckles again. He's like, and he's like, panic or whatever, and he's just like, oh, it's just the finding out that his name and then like their connection, just you seeing it grow even deeper is. Oh, so and the good. sweet moments, you know, you, we talked about these sweet moments with the relationship. One of the things that has happened a lot in the first season and even season two is Grogu is obsessed with this little ball that's on one of the devices of the ship. Um, mm-hmm. and he's, he keeps taking it. And he thinks it's like a toy. And Ahsoka's trying to, you know, see where his powers are, see what he can do. And he doesn't want to take like a stone from her. And he and Mando's like, hold on, let me try something. And of course he tries the little ball and he's mm-hmm. just like zoom and he takes it. And then like, that's like, Oh, it's, this could be a training tool because he has a connection to this ball. And it was mm-hmm. another, it was one of those built, you know, building blocks is going to lead to later in the season, but great choreo in this, yeah, the action, not only with the lightsabers, but having that uh, Beskar steel, that big, Spear, long yeah. spear was so mm-hmm. cool don't just stand there throw me a spear and you know I, uh, <laughs> up until i would say up until a little bit of episode three and a little bit of episode seven we didn't really know about a lot of weapons that could withstand a lightsaber blade mm-hmm. yeah it's very true um, and this was a new one like we kind of got the hint that mando's armor is pretty impenetrable but that was kind of cool to be like oh pure beskar steel can stand up against a lightsaber, which yep. was like hint, hint for mm-hmm. later in the season. <laughs> but oh, okay, Tim, I know this this character's <laughs> name, even though I have not seen Clone Wars, I have not seen Rebels, but I've read about this person. Mm-hmm. I know from some of the video games when Ahsoka brought up that she was hunting Grand Admiral Thrawn. What went through your head that Dave got that into this show that'll probably go into her standalone show? Um, I mean, I squealed when it happened because I thought. What was the, What I, did this sound like? What did that squeal sound like? <laughs> Literally, I remember. I remember going, "Oh, oh!" And my dad sitting next to me was like, "Am I supposed to know that name?" And I was like, "You will one day." Oh my god, my 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 dad exact same way for both Ahsoka and Thrawn. So because you know he's watched the movies, he's seen the movies all at least once in his life. Um. And but he doesn't and he doesn't enjoy them. He doesn't just he's not as big as re-watching movies like I am, mm-hmm. which is why I know it's just so much. Like I just like have all this random knowledge in my head. Um, but bringing Thrawn into this, I mean, this is another thing that full you know, Filoni through the Rebels TV show, like Thrawn is even more evil, or at least even more maniacal and intelligent than Grand Moff Tarkin was mm-hmm. for in and Tarkin, you know, I think if I remember correctly, Tarkin reported 
in some ways to Grand Admiral Thrawn and played to played to perfection by Lars Mikkelsen, or at least voiced to perfection by Lars Mikkelsen throughout the Rebels TV series. And he just bringing that in is just that also opens up the door of, you know, the other characters of Rebels, which is going to probably go, come into both Mando and Ahsoka in the in the spinoff, like you said. It's just I'm well, so excited. And, and for me, I, not, I have not seen Rebels yet. And I, I Chris and I are going to get on those uh, to mm-hmm. watch that and clones. But I read the books, Timothy Zahn. I read the yeah. Thrawn trilogy. So for me, the expanded universe, I was, I've been wanting for them to tap into mm-hmm. that because there are so many stories that, you know, Disney's like, oh, we're not doing that. But there's so many characters and stuff they can pull for that still. Absolutely. And I was like, oh, Thrawn's in the, the cartoon stuff? This is awesome. So I was really pumped about that to see you know, what that's going to lead to, which we'll talk about in a bit about those. Yeah. And right now, Tim, there are some rumors that they're considering Lars for the live action, which I think there's. I was seeing people saying, oh, Benedict Cumberbatch. And I love Benedict Cumberbatch. Don't get me wrong. I think he, you know, he's in. I just finished re, uh, watching the three Hobbit movies. Mm-hmm. Um because once you get to the end of Desolation of Smaug, even though you know the third one's not great, you like you I have to it. finish it out. <laughs> um, but like seeing the range of Ben and Cumberbatch from you know Sherlock to Star Trek to you know being the dragon, like he's a fun and to Doctor Strange, he's a phenomenal actor. But Lars Mikkelsen is a is just has this edge to how calm his voice always sounds, mm-hmm. and he's just calm and collected and calculating. And that is how Thrawn not only sounded, but that's how he was animated and portrayed through his entire time in Rebels. So it's just it you're it's the perfect choice. Um, I just we, I we will see. We will see what happens with the casting. They've I'm been sure doing we'll, get... well so far. I'm I'm, yeah. not, I'm not worried. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Uh, Moving to the tragedy, uh, directed by Robert Rodriguez and written by John Favreau. Um, well, every every show has to have a, a a sad moment at some point, so we can have an epic finale. That's but right. this was definitely the episode that, um, for longtime fans of Boba Fett, this was his redemption. Oh, uh, wow! Uh, so this was a simple a simple plot was Ahsoka told them you need to go to this planet. There's like a Jedi temple thing. You need to go there. Let Grogu sit on it, and he'll and a Jedi will hear him. So of course this brought up a lot of like, well, what Jedi is left? Who would he talk to? So they go and it's a very, it, I mean, it was actually shot here in California. There's some hills you can go to to see it, but they go to this like temple thing and Grogu was kind of sitting on this thing. And, and then we see Boba Fett's ship pop up and it's like, Oh, you uh, hear it first. You hear it yeah. first. And you hear that engine roar. You're like, Ooh, <laughs> oh, someone's, someone's here. <laughs> Especially because, like it, like Slave One, they, I mean, you don't, you, they established, I think, really more in like Episode Two, the sound that that particular ship made and what it was mm-hmm. capable of as well, and and what it was capable of doing, and so you hear it and you're like, whoa, because I, I literally been talking with people like leading up to this episode, even the night before, being like, okay, I wonder if we're gonna see Boba Fett again, and if we do. Where is like how's he gonna get there? Has it, Slave One it, just been in like some private garage at Jabba's palace or something? <laughs> well, and it was and this maybe, been, and this has been teased since season one, where we were like, "Wait a second, who are those boots?" And of course, uh, yeah. we've got another familiar face coming back as well. Yes, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, this was kind of a neat way to 
get him back in here. But then uh, I guess who always comes to ruin the party. We get some stormtroopers, uh, quite a bit of stormtroopers. And these are, we are, we are stormtroopers have uh, got better shots. Uh, let's put it that way. They've come mm-hmm. a long way from a new hope. And <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, there's, it, it just and... kind of gets to the point where, but Grogu is in this like force shield, uh, and he looks so meditation. Cute. Yeah. When he's like with his little, with his little, little meditation, meditation fingers, <laughs> and he's just closing his eyes. So he's um, in force mode, and it's like, oh, we gotta protect uh, him. So um, let's go have a nice little shoot off on the hill. And Boba exactly. Like, I'll help you. <laughs> I'll and, help you, but I want my armor. I'm I want here my armor for back. my yeah. armor. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you also find out that he say he completely saved the life of Fennec Shand, played by Ming Na Wen who now is part cyborg, which is fun. Mm-hmm. And she and she is awesome. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen her in Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, uh, loved yeah. it. So she, she is probably, she is, I mean, also she's the OG Mulan, uh, but mm-hmm. she is definitely a legacy when it comes to Disney and, and their actions. Mm-hmm. But she I'm so glad, butt. I'm so glad that she's back. That she's yeah, great to have her back. She's a great, uh, like, sidekick for Boba. And she definitely... She's such a great shot. And again, having another strong female presence on the show yeah, leads to this really cool moment later we're going to get to, which is like, girl power. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. Done. This was definitely a really cool moment for the redemption of Boba Fett, especially him using that, what was that stick thing the, the, he had? The gaffy stick. The gaffy stick, baby. kicking butt. And I mean, this is where Robert Rodriguez pops through. When he like would hit a stormtrooper and and like the the thing would like break and like shatter, like so satisfying. Poor guy, like, but that moment when he's walking, he's just like stalking that one guy, dragging it against the ground, yeah. and then just swings it <laughs> up and just like to just and and then also when you see like they get close ups of Timur Morrison's face, and you just see this savagery. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. the those just, scars and cuts on which him, which is great because that just leads you to more like, okay, we got to get the backstory on this. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And of course, the when he gets used that jetpack, which was just was just so great. And I was like, this this literally has been a you're right. This is a long time coming from all Star Wars fans because again, Bubba Fett, the mystique of him was he didn't really do much, and then for him to go out like little punk, you know, get knocked by a blind man. Um, mm-hmm. Which Rogue One would prove that you know blind men can kick some butt. Boba so, Fett, yeah, Boba Fett, Boba Fett. Will help screen. But yeah, another cool team up to see Mando and him, you know, side by side taking down stormtroopers. Yeah. We're just seeing that those bounty hunters that again this kind of Western team up. But we were teased by Moff Gideon with these dark troopers, and oh. they do show up oh. uh, very Iron Man like because um, they are Iron Legion, Iron Legion. Yeah. Um, and then they poor little Grogu was just he was so tired and taking a nap. Taking a nap. And, nap uh, they, and stole, can, they stole him away. All, all I can say is, Mando, okay, why did you not put your jetpack back on? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can <laughs> he has a remote control. He can make it come back to himself. We need the drama. If he had, if he had not spent the time running up and down, just had his jetpack. I, I mean, obviously, yes, it's for the drama, it's for the story. Well, he but... got worried, and his ship got destroyed. You know, that's some, that's that's a part of you. Oh, that. Oh, that was... the ship. We have to have a moment of silence crest. for the Razor Crest. Moment of silence. Burr, 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 burr. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Oh um... man, this is the fact too that the ship—it's been so beat up in so many episodes, especially the season I two, which is gone. And then it was like just on its last life, and then. 
boosh. <laughs> You're like, Boba. but Boba got his armor, which was great. And Boba's and got a so, ship. And he's and, got, and the bas and the spear of Baskar, Baskar mm -hmm. did or Beskar, however. B-E-S-K-A-R. Best, -E -S -S -E yeah. Best car. The French say, um, Best car. <laughs> it survived um, as well. Survived. So, the and the ball. So and now we know that the driving plot is going to be, we got to get little Grogu back. And, um, and Boba Fett says, we're not, we're, you know, you, he's not safe in your arms right now. So our, our deal for the armor is not over yet. So yeah, we said, will help. Uh, the tribe will be safe uh, for the armor. And so he's like, I will help you. So it's like, great. We got a great ship. We got two great warriors, but we're going to need some more help. Yes. And yep. who are we going to call? Bill Burr. Because we love well, Bill Burr on the show. First Cara Dune and then Bill Burr. <laughs> yes, we have to go to Cara Dune, who's uh, now, uh, she's like a sheriff, right? Marshal. Uh, for, marshal uh, for the, a, a marshal of the New Republic. The New Republic. So she's kind of turned more to the good side, not doing her dirty deeds, but she's got to do a little bit of dirty deeds to help her old friend Mando. So they have to go do a little prison break to get our sharpshooter friend who knows where they can go to get the coordinates of where Moff Gideon would be. Because mm -hmm. of course he's in this giant that was I did love that scene at the end of six when uh Boba was flying up and he sees the giant, you know, imperial starship and he's oh, like the Empire. Nope. He's like it's, nope. it's back. Um, so yeah, they go to this planet, they get Bill Burr's character, and they have to go, they have to go to like this mining planet and be like, if we can get to this one little area, it's an imperial uh place in terminal. Get inside terminal, get these coordinates, but it's not gonna be that easy, of course. No. Why would it ever be that easy? It's Star Wars. Why would it be easy? No. But this led to one of the I think the most important scenes of this entire series so far. Just mm -hmm. in terms of like some stuff we know about the Empire, especially if you played some of the video games, into this whole question that we still have not really been answered of how did the First Order come to be? How did the Empire go from being destroyed, surviving so much, into mm -hmm. in what seems to be an even bigger and stronger First Order with even more impressive weapons and toys? Mm -hmm. And we have this cool scene where they finally get into, they do cool action scene going across this this forest terrain and there's these guys on ships trying to bomb them and the funny thing of course is mandalorian he's always saying i can't take off my armor i can't show my face well he has to put on this imperial like transport armor but he keeps his helmet on you know and he looks goofy and bilber the whole time is like don't you want to take it off like you know come on it's like you know, oh, it's, it feels so nice oh, it feels so, so nice out there. you know and and as a very philosophical question, a very philosophical to Mando is like, oh, and they have a very philosophical discussion, or it's more of a monologue for Wilbur. And one of the things he, you know, he says, you know, if you can get through the day and still sleep at night, you're doing better than most. But he asked Mando, he's like, so is it that you can't show your face or you can't take off your helmet? Because that's those are two different things. Mm -hmm. And and but you kind of get to learn a bit, a little bit more about um, Mayfeld in that moment. Because he's kind of pontif he's pontificating, but like he kept saying, I don't, I don't, I was an imp I was imperial years ago. I don't like that anymore because he's so ashamed of what he did. And his, I was so impressed with Bill Burr that yeah. scene. entire episode. That scene with, with uh, fans uh, may recognize the guy's face from Kingsman or Batman Begins is Joe mm -hmm. Chill. 
He was also um, the original the original Night King for original Night King Game of for Thrones. Two episodes, I think, right? But I have to bring up this question: Is we're talking about Mando revealing his face? They have he has to mm. get his face scanned by mm-hmm. this thing to access file, but his face works. Mm-hmm. So that like kind of leads to the question: Like, why is it that his face is able to be scanned? Uh, I, I, Imperial? I have a thought. You know, when you're logging into Facebook or one of or some site. And they say, hold on, are you a human? Check this box if you are human. That's honestly what I think it was. Because he was picked up as a foundling as a kid and then wore a, wore a helmet for the rest of his life up until that moment. So I think it's really just it's a way for the terminal to make sure that a droid being sent by some bad guys are not getting in. Because they assume that a human kid can get through, probably. That would be my thought he on must, it. He must have such helmet hair. Yeah. Uh, for all his life, <laughs> but, um, nice but that's mystery. a good question because it could bring up maybe a mystery of he's dealt with the empire before. We mm-hmm. don't really that's, know. That's also um, a valid explanation. But he sure. did get they do get the coordinates, but then they have to have the awkward sit down scene with this uh, empire officer uh, grinning through his teeth, and this is where Bill Burr really shined in his acting because um, we see this mm-hmm. whole kind of heartfelt moment of him being like. They, they first talk about Operation Cinder, which I remember hearing about from Battlefront 2. Yep. And the idea that the Empire had this massive device that would just burn huge areas of planets. And he's like, you know, millions of people died. And, and, and the guy's just like, he's just grinning about it. And all it heroes rem- of the Empire. Yeah. It reminded me a little bit of that scene in Django Unchained when Christoph Waltz. And Leo DiCaprio, he's like, come on, do you want to shake my hand, you know, for the deal? And, and he's just like, he's just biting them on, biting them on. And eventually he does. And he ends up shooting Leo it's DiCaprio. A, it's a he's very like, Tarantino scene. Like, I, I couldn't I, resist, right? Absolutely. Well, the guy brings up, though, that one line was so cool. And he's like, you know, a lot of people think they want this and this. What they really want is order. And it was like, ding, ding, ding. There we go. We're working on the first order. McClunky. Uh, bang. <laughs> yes. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> and just that shot and seeing pedro pascal look over and like mm? and it was like brown eyes oh brown eyes good old brown eyes and then uh yeah great little shootout to get out of there and then shows again the depth of mayfeld's character he's been badgering mando about his helmet over and over and for you know the last time they met and in season one which was also a brilliant episode um but as soon as they're done, he hands him his helmet, says, I never saw your face. I didn't and see nothing. Turns yet. away mm-hmm. to I, I, as a sign of respect because he knows how hard it was for him to make that choice. And then working together to get to get out was just Bill Burr, Bill Burr. I would love to see him in more. I would love to see Mayfield come. Yeah, back. I hope he comes back. I think he will because definitely I think the fans are loving him. And we did get that really epic moment near the end when Boba Fett got to use those uh, that one charges. missile that the and oh. waiting for that waiting for that guitar hit. So so I saw that uh, I watched that episode with my best friend up in Seattle, and he mm-hmm. recently redid his entire home theater. He got a sixty-five inch OLED TV and a Sonos soundbar system that features Dolby Atmos. So we're watching this 
on a 4K in 4K on his TV with Dolby Atmos. And when that, when I, he was like, hold on. And he, I, I was like, oh, do it, do it. And then I saw it all, and I'm like, mm. and just that, it all goes silent and then just boom. And what timing? I mean, gosh, oh, those perfect. TIE fighters out like bing, bing, boom. And then we got that uh, cruelly, that little, uh, the big, uh, the, the moment when Moff Gideon gets a little bloop and it's a uh, Mando and he's like, this is the the taken uh, monologue. This is Give something I want. Oh, God. Uh, yeah. And I'm coming for you. And it was like, oh, it's on. It's, so it's we get on to the final God episode, God. The Rescue, uh, which was written by John Favreau, directed again by Peyton Reed. And this was our final episode for this season. And it was a true, you know, finale episode. They get to the ship. They got to save the day. But they did have that, yeah, that cool little kind of creepy moment in the beginning with the um the two imperial guys the pilot. the pilot again this Ooh, kind of Taylor, small you cameo role I, oh, you, really? you, you recognize that actor because he was in the last season of agents of shield yes i i was wondering now you you mention it that does like because I, I knew i knew him from somewhere yeah and, it took uh, me it took me a minute too and i was like oh because he played that one guy in agents of shield like too like so well like just that creepy like calm creepy and just well, rotten it just shows the the idea like you see all these different levels of the empire where we're we just know the the stormtrooper fodder who can't you know shoot you know anything exactly you know, or a womp rap so nerds um but so <laughs> so it was like man it's like these edgy moments we were like whoa it's just kind of like eye-popping moments like this is this is not your grandfather star wars you know and definitely not and when they you know the guy was saying how you know, Cara Doom brings up about the, you know, he was I was on the Death Star. He's, he's trying to edge her on to get her to shoot because he's talking about Alderaan and that's where she's from. And he's like, I saw your planet blow up, which, by the way, he looked really young for that. So I was kind of like, well, age is whatever. Yeah. But when he was yeah. like, you know, you know, many million people died on those Death Stars. And she said, which one? Which I thought was a fun little like. In little space, thump no thump. one sees you age. Yeah. But then he <laughs> yeah. was like, uh, you know, taking down terrorists and the fact that small price to pay to this to this day of when the the whether it's you consider it the good or evil side see how they view the other party mm -hmm. um which i thought was very interesting but we get uh katan back and kashka and we have our team ready to go and it's like all right we're gonna get to gideon's cruiser and we're gonna go save that child yes we which but um and and in the shuttle with Doctor Pershing, who informs them about where the dark troopers are in the ship to help them, and how to how through. to you have to do this, or they and, will come, and they will be very 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 hard to to kill. And Boba Fett interact like the Boba Fett and Bo Katan and Costa Reeves, like the, like the animosity they have for each other because she's like, "You're not Mandalorian, you're a clone," and he goes. My armor, my dad's armor. Sorry about it. And they get into that fight, but he keeps calling her princess. And they had this wonderful banter to Moore Morrison mm -hmm. and Katie Sackoff. And through like throughout the episode, princess. even when he was like, she was like, okay, make it look good. And he goes, don't worry, princess. I'll put on a good show. And it's just this, just ah, I oh yeah, it's crafted so well, written so well. Thank you, John. <laughs> yes thank you john and then we get into yeah we get into the really the big uh beef of the action here mm -hmm. the whole idea that um the girls are going to go off and try to take out all the stormtroopers and get to uh the kind of hub of the ship while mando can kind of do his own thing secretly to try to take down 
to get the dark uh, the dark troopers not to come out um because mm-hmm. of course if those bad boys starts it's gonna be a whole mess so it pretty much goes pretty well until a dark trooper does one gets out in time uh so we have this awesome fight scene and i loved when it kept punching him in the head but he wasn't taking any damage but like the back of the wall just kept getting more dented and he was like okay i gotta do something here i'm just gonna get punched into the I wall i just love the scene of him inside the helmet like oh oh yeah. Like just concussion, concussion, like kind of like an Iron Man helmet. Like go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep. They should have thought about doing some of that, but um, but eventually he does. Uh, <laughs> that was just so funny. It just kept going, and <laughs> you'd think the Dark Trooper would have done something else by then, but no. I'm programmed to punch face. I will keep punching you. Yeah, that's that's all they do. We punch doors, windows, punch doors. But in a nice, uh, a nice uh, alien kind of remind me alien moment. Oh, I'll just use the pressure door. All the troopers will. Oh, and I was like, I, I literally went, Well, that was easy. This episode's <laughs> lame. I oh, literally was about to be yeah. like, I was like, Where are they going with this? Because I'm uh, kind of like, eh. But we do get, uh, we do Mando getting to Moff Gideon. And we finally see little Grogu and his little, his little mini shackles, which I thought, Did they just have shackles on hand that were that tiny? They, the Empire, we have everything. We got yeah, si- shackles Car- for every size. Yeah. John right. Carlo Esposito, man, what a fantastic! He's just the best, best person. Like he seems like the nicest guy ever, but he just plays the best villain. He's a great villain, absolutely. Uh, and, <laughs> and that that whole scene, the fact that we got to see more the fight with with Mando, uh, that little face off with the dark saber was just mm-hmm. just really dark epic. Saber just versus the effects, Beskar. just the mm-hmm. effects of the Beskar against it, and mm-hmm. oh, that was just just so great. And the fact that the dark saber, like when you sling it, it, ha- it like kind of like dark kind of follows it. Yeah, lightsaber, you know, it has the light around it, but like the dark saber kind of makes for a second like this kind of black shadow. It that just really works in a, such a cool scene. And that is brought in from the animated series because that's the dark saber does the same thing in in both Clone Wars and Rebels in those moments in which does set it apart from all of the other lightsabers mm-hmm. but uh mando does best him uh for a quick second gets him down so you're like oh, okay uh they've taken the ship good. and they've got their shoulders back. off we're good to go meanwhile we have just oh uh just the badass moments of the of bo-katan um Casca, uh, Fennec and Cara Dune just just kicking ass as they oh, are yeah. going said, straight through. Girl the power taking and down all these stormtroopers. Like dang. so, so we also have to remember that at one point, Bo-Katan's like, "I don't care what happens. Gideon surrenders to me." Yes. That ding, ding, ding. I I oh and it's like oh yeah well we need him alive like well that's fine he surrenders to me. So uh, which, which then which then leads to what happens next, Chris? That awesome moment where they're walking into the kind of cockpit and you see Mando holding the dark saber and Bo-Katan's like, uh, what's going on here? And what then do we, we talk about? That, this is the first, I think, for Star Wars. We've we've had this hinted in like uh, we know like in Harry Potter and there's other series that do this, but there's not this has never been a thing in Star Wars that I know of. The idea that the dark saber cannot be handed to someone just to use—you have to win it in combat. And it's, since Mando beat yeah. Moff Gideon fairly in combat, he now is the owner of the dark saber. Well, as we know that Bo-Katan is supposed to get the dark saber to take Mandalore eventually, 
that means that she would have to fight Mandalorian. And he's like, all right, I yield, take it. And Moff Gideon's <laughs> yeah. like, that's not how it works. You have to fight him. <laughs> so we're in this weird kind of almost like, are they about to fight standoff moment? And then um, there's something approaching the ship. Life forms? No. Oh, duh, the Dark Troopers can fly. And they all come back to the ship and they're making their way. And it's like, oh, well, that's a lot of them. And more than likely, they're going to take us all down. If only someone could save us. Dun, 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 dun. And I love this little, little Grogu touching the TV screen. He's yeah. like, ah, I feel something in the force. <laughs> Which leads to the moment that blew all our minds. Something we've been waiting for for years. One of the something... best kept secrets of Star Wars since I'm your father. We wanted yeah. this in the last Jedi. We wanted this in Rise of Skywalker. We wanted this period since Return of the Jedi. We get this mysterious figure coming out on an X-Wing. Hmm, who do we know? It's a Jedi that likes X-Wings. And he's got a dark cloak. And he just is taking out dark troopers left and right. It was such a smart shot, too, by Peyton Reed to first have it in the black and white security camera. So we didn't know. We were like, okay, it's a lightsaber. We don't know the color. The moment that we saw the figure walking forward from its back and it was green, it was just like, oh, yeah. Absolutely cheered for that moment. So good old Lukey boy is back. And he was, this was his Rogue One moment. Uh, when we have that moment when Vader was just kicking butt in that little scene in Rogue One, this was that moment for fans. Oh, him just like, like, taking like, down everything so beautifully like father like son he has a flair for the dramatic oh um, he does indeed <laughs> so i have a little I, I i had a slightly different reaction when i realized that it was luke and i've through like you know i watched watching the episode a second time um listened to i listened to another star wars podcast called inside the tauntaun which mm -hmm. um they they do they did a fabulous episode by episode analysis of Mandalorian season two, um, but like in listening to their them talking about it and everything, I changed my position from my initial. But my initial reaction once I realized once I, once I saw that X wing and then everything I I literally was thinking in my head, oh please no, don't don't go that route, please no don't. I didn't because I didn't want initially for us to go back into the Skywalker saga. We spent 40 years and nine movies within the Skywalker saga, and I didn't want it to be another just like, okay, we're bringing, that's what we're doing. So my initial reaction was just like, no, no, please, no, please, no. I now, with like, when looking at it, it is the actual right choice. It absolutely is the right choice. And it comes down to because they didn't make a big deal that he, that he was Luke Skywalker. He doesn't introduce himself. He just is like, I, I can take care of him. They don't make a big deal of it. And we see, and then, then like thinking about it, I love Last Jedi. We talked about this in the previous episode that I was on. I love Last Jedi and where Luke got to. And this was a just another seed planted into like how he got from there to where he is in Last Jedi. Because, you know, I, 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 I'm... I hope they. I hope the inside of Danton is okay with me taking this analysis because it was so spot on. He made these promises to how many kids and how many parents? 
as he was rebuilding the Jedi Order, and then to watch it all fall apart with Kylo Ren later on. I mean, there there could be a real possibility that Grogu is killed by Ben. Absolutely. Ben Solo, which, I mean, is a horrible thought. We don't want to see this little baby Yoda Master die. Solo. But... <laughs> There's too many of them. What do we do? Yeah, that was, a, that was a fun little, by the way, we didn't really talk about that, that he was at the jedi temple and he was one of like he was hidden from anakin yep. so we didn't really he survive one like, massacre <laughs> but that, that it does bring up an important question of like how yeah how much of this was luke setting us up up for being like the only true jedi master left alive mm-hmm. and then how much did it did it fail um but it was yeah it was smartly done in that they didn't make a, a big deal of it they gave us the show we wanted they gave us the plot of it had to be handed to his new teacher. And then we get this really amazing emotional ending Absolutely. with Mando having to be like, all right, you know, for the kid, I'm going to show him my face. Go ahead. And go grow up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see each other again. Don't worry. And Grogu yeah. kind of knowing. And honestly, the way that this show ends, that could have been the Mandalorian. Like, yeah. honestly, the show could end and they'd be like, that's it. We're not having a season three. The Absolutely. show fulfilled its purpose. You got a lot of fun stuff. Grogu was handed off. That's it. The question, of course, remains of, well, what's going to happen between Boca and Mandalorian? And also, again, where's Grogu's place and what we know is to come in Episode 7, you know, 25 years from that point. So it's like there's still a lot of these mysteries, which is why we're not only getting a Mandalorian Season 3, we're getting three spinoffs, Rangers of the New Republic, Ahsoka, and they just announced after the little mini ep- uh, scene dropped, at the end, the book of Boba Fett. The yeah. And of course, that Chris, great little... Chris didn't watch. I didn't know. He didn't know there was an what? after credit scene. I did I know. not know. And I was like, what do you think about after credits? What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm like, what? So funny how I was egging him to watch the episode. And then hours later, he was like, did you watch the after credit scene? And I went, hold on a second. So I ran <laughs> yeah. into the room. My dad was watching something else. I said, pause what you're watching. We didn't watch the... <laughs> so we went back and we watched it. Um, Great little teaser to have this moment of, oh my god, I was laughing so hard. Bib Fortuna. Bib Fortuna just I mean, like, oh, Bib, no, he Bib had the little uh, big Fortuna. Yeah, <laughs> Bib <laughs> for Huja. Uh, and then yeah, Boba just taking out all the remaining guys and being like, and now I'm the fit, and him just kind of <laughs> like you know I'm, uh, I'm now uh, the hut, if you will. So definitely excited. There's so many of these. These spinoff shows, and there's so many places they can mm-hmm. go. They've they've put little teases of of potential villains, of even uh, things between. You know, Gideon is not dead; it's mm-hmm. now in you know in captivity. There's definitely going to be more Imperial people to be tackling, and there's just so much that I think they've definitely planted so many good seeds to keep expanding not only the singular show, but have all these episodes, and they could keep having characters from the other shows in them all. Because they're all going to be pretty much like similar timelines, mm-hmm. and they accumulate them all into some grand episodic ending that's just like whoa, you know. So For I'm sure. very excited to see where they will go. I thought overall this season it was a bit of a slow start in terms of plot, but it was really awesome action. And then it just kind of went like into this like roller coaster of like oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, and it just it just kept giving us so much for the fans. It was such a fun ride. Uh, Again, the production value is incredible, and it just yeah, definitely that and that and that moment when when Luke, much like his father, just like 
crushed the one dark trooper with his like you know with the force mm-hmm. and the thing was just like gesticulating and like and i was like this is just so cool and that shot the door opening it's all just fog you just see the green mm-hmm. lights i was like there could have been a moment where luke just went in and killed everyone i mean that's not gonna happen but can yeah. you imagine that that was a possibility but For it sure. looked just like vader and it's just like there's so much detail that John Favreau, Dave Filoni, all the directors he gets, they just masterfully know how to really give the fans what they want while mm-hmm. trying some new things. Absolutely. And like, and in that moment where it's really giving us the resolve, it's like, you know, come to me, little one. And Mando's like, he's, he doesn't want to go with you. He goes, no, he's asking, he wants your permission. And just like really bond, like bonding. It's like, yes, this is a father son story and um just you know you, you have to go now this is the right thing for you and it just i mean going i'm going back to what you were saying about yeah. that scene taking off the helmet it just adds so much to it and then having r2d2 show up and grow like grow yeah. is like oh my gosh this is so cool r2 is like another yoda <laughs> <laughs> please and he's probably going please don't hit hit me with your stick yeah <laughs> 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 you know we could potentially be looking at there could be a situation in a further season where mando is in trouble and grogu comes to his rescue and he's a little older and a little bit more and he says if we see grogu use a lightsaber at some point we all will just we'll just bow to the tv and go i mean look at yoda yoda was like this shriveled old master that could flip around and fly and go crazy so mm-hmm. imagine a younger, you know, we've been kind of wanting the, uh, I've always said it'd be kind of cool to see like a backstory of Yoda in his heyday when he was like learning about the force. This mm-hmm. is kind of giving us that same vibe, but the character can't really talk, which is what makes it adorable. Cause he's this little, little thing. And, so, and yeah. And with, and just going off the Yoda thing, it makes you wonder how Yoda as a character will play into the high Republic book series that has been greenlit by Lucasfilm. Um, and start and and into into Star Wars canon, which is set in the 300, 300 BBY to eighty BBY, which you know ends about fifty years before Phantom Menace. And he's been a Jedi for nine hundred years. So it's and for and for the non nerdy people, BBY is before the Battle of Yavin. Oh yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. Uh, BBY is the Battle Before Yavin, and BBQ is barbecue. <laughs> um, okay. But. Uh, <laughs> And BB-8 is a droid. So uh, <laughs> the list goes on, people. Um, but anyway, honestly, yeah, this show, it's just they knocked it out of the park with season two. And I think we're all going to be really excited to see how they continue it. I think right now they're definitely knowing that their their gold luck, their gold charm is through TV right now and not mm-hmm. the films. So, um, But I'm very excited with the fact that uh, Taika Waititi, has a movie listed and we are getting that rogue squadron film as well. Jenkins, yes. Patty Jenkins. Helmet, and, so. as far, and as far as we know, since we haven't had an official announcement that to the contrary, Ryan Johnson, Johnson still has control of a trilogy that we believe, which I'm that, like, you know what? Original I, trilogy. If it's all, we'll if it's all you yeah. creating the hub, you're, you're in control. I think, and again, we're not going to go another rabbit hole about the, the sequel yeah, trilogy. For sure. But yeah. The, I'm, after the Mandalorian, as we've seen, there is a bright future uh, for especially the TV series. And I'm really yeah, excited absolutely. to see what's going to happen. Um, and I just said, 
there's a couple more things throughout the season that he has like, a list. <laughs> no, no, it, it's, it's just three things. Um, my entire life, Boba Fett has always been a cool character for me, but he's never been like up there, like oh, like my number one favorite. That's always been Darth Maul, as my shirt um, you both can see is uh, <laughs> evident of. Um, but Slave One as a ship, I've always wanted to know like how the interior looked when you were flying it. And in the episode, um, The Believer, where we meet Mayfeld, we get to see the interior shift around. Because for those who don't know, um, well, never mind, those who don't know. If you got to this point, you've watched it. <laughs> you would you know, know yeah. what Slave One is. When it goes vertical into its, in, into its flight mode, watching that interior was, I, I was, I was seven years old again. I was like, <gasps> freaking <laughs> Out. It was so cool. And a similar thing, this is point number two, in the last episode with the TIE Fighters launching. Yeah, that was really cool. Down, it, it, I was, it was like, you know, because I'd always seen in like the incredible cross-sections books that I've had, how they launch. You know, they're in clamps and then they get dropped down. But to have it be like a, you know, Top Gun launching off the flight deck <laughs> yep. was just so, so cool. Um, and then the last point, we would be absolutely, absolutely remiss. We've talked about the actors. We've talked about the directors and the writers. We would be remiss if we did not talk about Ludwig Goranson and the score yes. of this mm -hmm. season. Well, Just you're, abs you're absolutely right. Um, Mind-boggling. We talked about it. Of course, Tim Fitzsimons here, super fan. Um, he'll tell you that he loves it. Um, <laughs> That'll be another podcast, just him talking about how much he loves us. But we, exactly. we talked about the score of movies and John Williams. Star Wars would would not be, I think, as iconic if it were not for the score. Or John Absolutely. Williams created. And you're right. And this is something I, I told you, Chris, and I thought about myself is Love Evan Gorson did a fantastic job giving that feel and atmosphere, but also creating something very new and iconic uh, to what Mandalorian is. So when you hear that, I mean, of course, the theme itself, but all these moments, I mean, even going back to Luke's Rogue One moment, that very, that very eerie kind of calming music as he's mm -hmm. fighting these dark troopers, just some of those scenes and some of these chase scenes, you like, you can go back and just listen to those instrumentals and just be just, your mind just takes you back and you, that mm -hmm. feelings of excitement and awe rushing over you. It's and yeah. they had a challenge that they had to record this during COVID. So oh, they were recorded sure. with different sets of instruments in different studios. And different episodes, yeah. Masks on, and they had to, so, you know, usually you have a whole orchestra there. They would do the strings, then they would have the brass come in. You know, they had to do it all separate because mm -hmm. of COVID. So, again, how it all masterfully came together, um, he definitely has become this new sensation with um, being a uh, composer and I'm uh, mm -hmm. he definitely is fun to see him not only have these, you know, these kind of nice themes that Star Wars always has, but again, taking that, that kind of creative uh, exploration route that John Williams did in the originals as well, playing with funny instruments and different Bringing sounds. Bringing in DJs to, yeah. to be the underscoring of the dark troopers powering up, which was just terrifying because it just, the visuals and how, because they took up those, those jump edits as like going up the body and the, the the score like just like those disjointed disco sound like not disco like um just the techno DJ sounds you know techno sounds mm -hmm. deaf punk you. are you there it was just 
I was, I, I it was just like, oh, it just brought it even higher. And again, just Ludwig Gornson, I, I would, I, you know, <laughs> didn't know who who could take over, who was going to take over the mantle of composer for the Star Wars universe. Um, Michael Giacchino did a brilliant job with Rogue One for sure, but Ludwig Gornson, um, if he continues, if he continues to score. Star Wars universe, I would I, just be so happy. I think you should just be like if he did the of the the TV, all the TV shows, or all know, just all the TV shows for yeah, sure. Of these, li- especially these live he, action, he might programs. he might get the job. I mean, he's already got a track record, so it depends, <laughs> uh, depends on schedule. But um, honestly, we have uh, we've we've we we could talk about this for hours and hours, as you guys can tell. But uh, we, we we've reached to our end here, um, because we could easily talk about this for days, really, if you wanted days. to, but. Thank really? you, Tim, for being on here for talking about this is the way chapter two. Um, this <laughs> has pleasure. been a lot of fun. Uh, definitely a great season. And I think uh, we'll definitely uh, have to have you back for when season three happens. I'm You're, so in anytime. You're like, anytime. we'll call you a little, uh, let's see. You could be, instead of Grogu, you can be Togu. <laughs> 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 Togu, and then uh, Taylor can be Taylor can be soda. Yeah, <laughs> that soda is just uh, the S O and the T A. My name backwards, Sota. Uh, yeah. and, I, uh, I, and I I'll be doo doo. So uh, <laughs> doo doo, yes. and soda. We sell. That's our, we're like the, that's the, three, our name. the three warriors. And we'll of, have a party oh. at Dagobah. So uh, that, 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 those, uh, that's the sub podcast, the potential podcast. Yes about star wars <laughs> yeah it's gonna be a little swamp on podcaster so that's there you it. go <laughs> all right Until folks well uh merry christmas uh merry christmas we'll, happy we'll holidays uh, everybody happy holidays everyone and uh, happy new year coming up uh, 2021 we got a lot more stuff coming up so thanks for listening may the force be with you always this is the podcast you're looking for thanks for listening to the potential podcast you can follow us on instagram and facebook at the potential podcast or on twitter at the potential pod or you can email us send us your positive feedback and thoughts suggestions and more through our email the potential podcast at yahoo.com i'm your host chris dewar and i'm your host taylor sokol stay tuned for more episodes on pop culture entertainment and nerdum and remember Know Know your your potential. potential.